that's what all the pickup world likes to sell. And that's what, you know, I'm pretty firm with guys we work with sometimes when we're first talking about, you know, a lot of guys will say, well, I want to be more confident. I want to be more confident with women. And, uh, I've maybe talked about before, like we don't roll with that. I don't roll with confidence. I think confidence is bullshit because confidence really means I want to know the outcome. So I don't have to feel vulnerable or hurt or unknown or uncertain, right? I want to know that whatever I do, I know what's on the other side. And so I, I don't train guys in that. We don't train guys in that. We train guys on vulnerability, like lead with what you want and put it out there and then see what happens. Welcome back to another episode. Always love to have Jason Lang here with me. Podcast favorite. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Good to be back. Nice to be in the same same physical space. So today we're talking about signs that she likes you. So how do you know if a woman is interested? How do you know if a girl likes you? We're going to use both the term girl and woman, but we mean grown woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and this is a complex topic as it turns out, because it's not always clear. And sometimes it's hard to tell what, is she just being nice? Is she just being polite? Is she just being friendly? Or is there something more? Does she like me? So I'm curious if you can share a little bit about your own journey, sort of figuring that out. (laughs) Yeah, I think, um, you know, uh, listeners know of my super crush history and, the way I would often crush from on a woman from afar. Um, and that included girls as well when you were in I would yeah, say, yeah, middle totally. school, high middle school, school, high school. And can you just, for new listeners, break down just quickly, what is a super crush? So in my mind, super crush is like someone I was obsessed with, I really liked, I was really interested in, took a lot of psychological space, but I never in any way expressed that or moved towards that. Uh, move towards her or let her know or initiated contact of any kind of way. So it's possible some of your super crushes literally had no idea that you were crushing on them. Okay. Yeah. A a good, good chunk of them. Um, It'd be kind of fun to reach out to some of them from high school and be like, did you know that I was obsessed with you for a year and a half? She'd be like, I didn't even, were we in the same class? No, I'm just kidding. Some of them for sure. Um, But I know for me back then, you know, there's a, there's a kind of a, a grade school energy that I would often get trapped in of like wanting to know she liked me before I shared that I liked her. Mm-hmm. And even those terms like, like me, mm-hmm. like you, like for me, they're rooted in like a very early part of my nervous system. And that kind of like, you know, always imagine like the sending the note across the class, mm-hmm. like, does Jenny like me? And then you get the note back and then you're like, Oh, she does. Now I can talk to her. And it's almost never that clear. Right. I mean, occasionally you'll get, some slam dunks in terms of, Hey, so-and-so likes you. <laughs> and you're like, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's pretty clear, mm-hmm. but a lot of times in terms of where this issue showed up with some of our clients, we work with particularly guys who haven't had a lot of experience dating. Um, they don't know like, Hey, I'm talking to someone, you know, maybe it's a barista, maybe it's someone online, maybe it's a coworker. Um, and how, like, how do I actually know? Like she's talking to me, there's interest, I'm attracted, but 
I, I don't know if I'm just imagining this or if there's actually some energy here. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be a place a lot of us nice guys often get stuck of wanting to know she likes us before we kind of put that energy out there. Mm-hmm. And that pretty much never works. Mm-hmm. Well, and you also have an interesting history because you, you've mentioned several times that in your sort of mid to late twenties or when you started doing more consciousness work, you could look back and say, I think she liked me. I think she was giving me signals. I think that yeah. was an entree. Can you say a little bit about those moments? Like what were those moments for you? Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely think, um, of some specific moments that in retrospect, I can now see for me, particularly as a late bloomer part, there was actually a block there to me because there, it was the thing I wanted more than anything else, right. was to uh, be sexual with a woman, have a girlfriend, have that connection. And as a late bloomer, it terrified me, especially the older I got of like, Oh my God, am I going to have to have that conversation of like, I've never had sex before. I don't know what I'm doing. And is it going to be awkward? And um, that energy caused a lot of fear in me that I think kind of put up a little bit of a a barrier to receiving energy from women when it was coming my way. But in retrospect, I can see, you know, simple things like someone coming over to watch a movie or walking home to class and like hanging out that minute or two after, you know, in college in particular, there there were lots of openings that I, I didn't necessarily step through and I wasn't super conscious of in the time. Partly because a lot of the <laughs> simultaneously while that was happening, there would often be someone else I was kind of crushing on or obsessed uh, with that, that would be taking my energy. Mm. And so I wouldn't even be aware of, you know, what was happening with other people in my vicinity, other women in my vicinity. And again, I think it was just kind of a protection mechanism of as long as my energy's there, I don't have to go through that awkwardness. And I just wasn't very in my body. So it was hard to, it was just hard to feel. The, the energy, so to speak, I was often way more up in my head or may, way more constricted and anxious that I just wasn't available to really read signals in real time. That got better as I went, but particularly, you know, going into college and whatnot, uh, I just, I just did not have that awareness of, Hey, like when a girl's standing close to you and making eye contact, she's, you know, if you've been chatting a little bit, and she's leaning in a little bit. There's there's some windows there, mm-hmm. right? Like there's there's some interest there. There's some opening there, and that is gives you a lot to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it can be challenging for men because back to that idea of sometimes she's interested and sometimes she's just really friendly. Yeah, and I can speak a little bit to that as a pretty friendly, you know, woman. Where and and not just friendly, but sort of like I'm pretty touchy, like meaning like with my friends, like I'll touch them on the arm or I'll touch them on the back or I'll like when I'm when I think something's really funny, I'll often like knock the person next to me. Like, did you hear that? Yeah. And I think a lot of people aren't used to that or grew up in homes where that was not normalized. It was interesting. I think there's also a pretty cultural aspect to this. They did a study about they had. Uh, sets of friends, like pairs of friends meet and for coffee in Puerto Rico and mainland US. And they, they recorded the number of times that they touched each other. And in the US, it was like two to three on average. And in Puerto Rico, it was 60. 
Wow, yeah. So just the level of closeness, I think, and and normalizing physical touch does depend. And it is different culturally. And when I say culturally, I mean, you know, by nationality or by region, as well as family systems. So in certain family systems, it's a lot more normal. And there's just a lot more touch. Whereas... In other homes, especially I would say homes where there was some kind of neglect going on, even if you don't necessarily identify as that in this moment, that's not so normal. And so any kind of attention or touch, you know, coming your way might feel like, oh, maybe that was a sign. Maybe that was a signal. And so I have definitely been in multiple circumstances where I can kind of feel that a man is like, is she interested? Like I can feel him wondering about me. And I, um, in many times have not been interested in that, in that circumstance, I can feel that he's sort of like questioning, like, is the, you know, I was sharing before the episode that I've done a lot of social dance in my life, a lot of blues dancing, a lot of swing dancing, a lot of tango dancing. And those are quite close and proximate. And, um, again, lots of touch and I've, I'm, you know, we, we'll connect a little bit after the dance. And I've had experiences where I can tell a man is sort of like, is that, are you, is that a signal? Like they're trying to figure it out. And I have to this day, never found a way of being the one to say, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not interested in you romantically. I'm really enjoying our connection and I'm not interested in you yeah. romantically. And I wish there was a way to say that because I, I can tell they're a little, a little anxious about it, a little mm-hmm. bit like, ooh, I don't know. Like, and so should they're kind of making a move. Yeah, should exactly. I, yeah, like, should yeah. I be asking for your number? I'm not really mm-hmm. sure what to do now. And so a lot of times I'll just sort of exit the conversation, like, oh, thanks. Like, that was great. And go back to my friend. So I yeah. think a sign is, is she hanging out? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, is she hanging out longer than, you know, totally. quote unquote necessary? I've definitely been to events. Um, where I have stopped a man after the event to be like, hey, you said this thing. You know, I have engaged him because mm-hmm. I'm interested in him and then sort of hung around. Yeah. And I do think that there's there's still a way that um, I don't know if I would say it's gendered exactly, but I think that there's a way that for a lot of us women, we will drop a handkerchief as we've talked about on the podcast of giving a hint, right? Mm -hmm. Dropping a handkerchief, like, Oh, what neighborhood do you live in? Meaning like, maybe you could give me a lift home or Mm -hmm. whatever. And we're, and, and so we're sort of presenting ourselves as as like, I'm over here, I'm available. And then we're kind of waiting to see do you pick up the hint? Do you come towards me? Are you going to pick up the ball? And I've definitely, like I was talking to a man at some point that I had been interested in years ago and we'd been in the same class for not, not high school or college, but just a course that we had taken. And he said, yeah, you always sat next to me and you kind of like touched my leg sometimes. And like, were you interested? And I was like, yeah, I was, I was dropping every handkerchief I could and you never picked any of them up. And he felt a little bad about that. But I think that was a good example of there is a way that you as the masculine, as a man, it's going to work out better for you if you are, if you are willing to move in the, in her direction, to say mm-hmm. something, to do something, to try something, to be bold in some way and then gauge her response. And I wish I could tell you A equals B, here are the signs, 
go for it, she will say yes, but there that's not real. And any pickup material you've read or any video you've seen where it's like if she twirls her hair, if she tosses her head, if she laughs in this certain way, if she makes this move, that's bullshit. That's not actually real. Totally. Sometimes it does mean she's interested. And sometimes yeah. she's just twirling her fucking hair. Yeah. So I I I think maybe you can speak a little bit to that willingness to go first is really big. And that was one of the reasons I kind of lost interest in that man was I was like, I've given you all the hints and I'm pretty, pretty good at giving hints. Like I'm pretty good at dropping handkerchiefs and holding eye contact and, you know, getting close and like, Hey, will you walk me to my car? Like I, I can give some hints and he didn't pick up any of them. And that had me lose faith in his ability to kind of take me. I was like, Ooh, I don't think this man would be good in bed because I don't think he has that kind of drive. Like that's part of what I'm wanting. And, and so it had me actually lose interest. So the boldness is important both for you to be able to go after what you want and to spark the polarity you want in relationship. hundred percent. And, um, I think it's key to underline that part of there, there is no magic handbook or manual that's going to make it super easy to figure this out every time. That's what all the pickup world likes to sell. And that's what, you know, I'm pretty firm with guys we work with sometimes when we're first talking about, you know, a lot of guys will say, well, I want to be more confident. I want to be more confident with women. And uh, I've maybe talked about before, like we don't roll with that. I don't roll with confidence. I think confidence is bullshit because confidence really means I want to know the outcome. So I don't have to feel vulnerable or hurt or unknown or uncertain, right? I want to know that whatever I do, I know what's on the other side. And so I don't train guys in that. We don't train guys in that. We train guys on vulnerability, like lead with what you want and put it out there and then see what happens. And that's way more powerful a skill because that's A, going to serve you the first time you approach a woman and B, you're still going to have to do that 30 years into your relationship when there's going to be a moment where you don't know how your spouse or partner is going to react to something and you got to boom, you got to bring it like, okay, here's what I want or here's what I see for us. And that's the real capacity, you know, we want to cultivate, but that it really does start, you know, guys, if you're trying to sort this out that, um, most women will give you some handkerchiefs, which, you know, another way to think about that is, is openings, mm. just little openings. They're going to give you openings that allow you to kind of come closer or to initiate or to make contact, whether that's physical contact or whether that's emotional contact or whether that's like just mental stuff to connect over about, Hey, our lives are in, interlinked or here's, we could do this or we could do this kind of seeding like, Hey, yes, just ask me. <laughs> You know, it's really just, it's openings. You're looking for openings. And that can literally sometimes be in terms of just how is her body oriented next to you? Is she open to you? Is she making eye contact to you? Is she kind of looking, you know, the this stuff becomes obvious as you get a little more practiced in it. And it's way easier when you're in your body. So that's the other thing I was not back then that we do help a lot of men with and getting in our body to notice and be connected to our own sensations and impulses and energy and to start to be able to attune to the energy, particularly of uh, women we're around, right? We can start to read that. It's, it's really about following energy. A woman will drop handkerchiefs, leave some openings, and then often bring just a little bit of energy that we can then meet and, and match, so to speak. But that's where the boldness has to come for us of, 
you know, what I've been telling some of the guys we've been working with recently is, you know, I'm not, they'll come and like, I'm not sure if this woman likes me or not. And um, this ties into, you know, some of our teachings to our men around just desire in general, but it's like, your clarity is going to be the thing that triggers her clarity. So sometimes a, a woman's not going to know necessarily right away. Like, oh, yeah, there's a little energy. This guy's kind of attractive or whatever. But she doesn't know if she likes you right away. Some of what's going to sort that out is, yeah, can you be clear and direct and lead and, and be open with what you want and make an invitation, so to speak? Some women will then step into that and, and they'll follow you in that and like, yeah, that, that sounds great. Or I'd love to do that. Or yeah, we could totally do that. Some women won't, but your, your boldness is going to bring the clarity to that situation. And there's no, there's just no easy shortcut. Mm -hmm. There's no easy shortcut. It's always going to be a bit of a heartbeater. Mm -hmm. And it's always about taking that risk and just kind of presenting like, Hey, you know, I'd love to get to know you more sometime. Could we get together next week and maybe go for a walk? And then you'll know pretty fast, like, does she kind of lean back into that or does she find a way to kind of lean out of that? And, but it really starts with that boldness and in, in your clarity tapping into it at first. And this sounds, you know, again, it's, this isn't about all the time, but at first it doesn't even matter. Does she like you or not back? Your most important job as a man is to just notice what you want and then present it, put mm -hmm. it out there as an invitation and share that in an open way. And then if she's open to you, she will move back towards you. Mm -hmm. But you kind of got to lead the way. It mm -hmm. is like partner dance. You got to lead first and then her body can kind of follow. Her mm -hmm. interests can kind of follow. But if you're not taking the initiative, you're not going to find out if she likes you. She's. It's going to be very rare that she's going to stop and turn to you and say, I like you. Mm -hmm. Ask me out. I like you. Kiss me. You have to feel that before you know it, mm -hmm. right? you have to feel this is an opportunity here. This is a possibility here. Now I'm going to do the vulnerable thing and open mm -hmm. and share this and then see what comes back. But there's no trick, right? There is no trick other than really practicing that noticing yourself, noticing her, and then opening to the energy and looking for those little openings. Mm -hmm. I remember one of my close women friends said, um, she said, I don't, actually know if I like a man until he moves towards me. I need mm -hmm. him to move towards me. And there's something about that, that your, you know, your masculine essence is connected to your drive, your ability to move towards something you want, your ability to move towards something you want. And I want to underscore that because I think that, you know, before you did consciousness work, for example, you, Jason, that ability was stunted in a way. There was, totally. there's a passivity that I have seen in many of our clients and I've watched them move through and grow out of, not that they're never passive, but overcome. There's almost like a hurdle, you know, that you mentioned of getting into your body, right? Not being in your head all the time and actually getting into your body, taking some risks, being willing to move forward, feeling supported by other men, right? In mm -hmm. our community knowing that you will be loved whether or not she says yes. Totally. You will be supported whether or not she says yes. But that journey of moving down into your body from your head and going and being able to move towards, I think I've mentioned this on other podcasts, but we've had multiple clients where I have, I when they first came to us, it felt a little bit like they were an avatar in a video game before it moved. Yeah. You know, when it's just standing there and it maybe sometimes they sway a little bit, but that's it. Mm -hmm. There's no, they're not moving in any way. They're kind of waiting. 
Yeah. That's a little bit how I have felt about certain clients. And it's been such a joy to witness them start to move. And, and in, in many ways, they've said things like, this is easier than I thought it would be. I did. I think I thought it was going to be this big, complicated, yeah. crazy thing or that I had to be James Bond or something, but actually it's pretty simple. And I'm wondering if you can share a little about your journey of moving out of, uh, I don't know if you'd call it freeze, but passivity into, you know, moving towards things that you wanted. What Literally was that like? Literally moving. <laughs> it comes down to just moving. And that, you know, it's a big thing for for those guys that we work with that are, single, we really talk about that, um, you know, particularly in the real world, uh, one of the most painful things I hear from guys and certainly knew myself in my history that, you know, I've done hundreds of calls with guys at this point are, are the ones we never move towards. Mm. So we never know uh, that woman in the elevator, that girl I had class with, mm. like we never made the movement towards. So we never n- know in the end mm-hmm. what could have been there. And that's long-term that's almost always more painful a thing to carry than, oh, I asked a woman out and it wasn't a good fit. A lot of times we don't even remember those in the same way as like the, the kind of what if mm. one. And so for me, yeah, it was just the ability to move my body, like mm-hmm. just literally the ability to move my body. And I, I, I feel awkward. I feel nervous. I don't know how this is going to go. And yet here I go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, both my my current partner Violet, my wife, and the woman I dated for five years before that were both examples. Like in just in the room, seeing someone, and this only happens if I literally move my body over there and mm-hmm. initiate conversation, and that's what I had to do both mm-hmm. times. And um, did I know exactly what I was going to say? Was I totally suave? No, not at all. Neither time. But what mattered was I literally moved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just went and I started the conversation. And that just takes training. That takes practice in our bodies, learning how to you know, breathe, learning how to not get stuck in the loop of rumination. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes, if you get stuck in that loop, loop of rumination in your head of should I, should I, what should I say, da, 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 it's, it's almost too late. Mm. Like it's almost too late. Once you're up there, it's pretty hard to get out of there. Mm. It's pretty, pretty hard to get out of there. So oftentimes I encourage, you know, just move your body and figure it out on the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like move your body and figure it out on the way. Because uh, then at least you have some momentum and at mm-hmm. least then you're going. And then it's often way easier than we think, right? It, you don't have to be some swab uh, pickup artist masterfully no. trained that no. knows all these routines and stuff. If a woman is interested in you, you will move towards her and, and open and reveal and she will do the same. Mm-hmm. And there'll be this back and forth that just starts of some interest and some mm-hmm. conversation and then getting closer and whatnot. And it'll become pretty clear, mm-hmm. usually pretty fast, but it takes that drive. It does take that initiation mm-hmm. of kind of moving over there mm-hmm. and, and opening or starting the conversation or making it clear. Like my attention is on you. Mm-hmm. My attention could be anywhere right now and I'm choosing to put it on you. Mm-hmm. That's almost always one of the most important things you can do is literally you're telling a woman most times that you're attracted and interested in her by putting your attention on her. Yes. And that's, that's a big thing that yes. you don't need to say, Hey, I like you or da da da. It's my attention is on you right now. Yes. I'm very present with you. That signals almost everything you need most of the time. I want to highlight that because I think that there's a lot of stress or pressure around saying the right thing asking the right question. And the truth is that a lot of attraction is in the body 
And so your presence, your physical presence, how comfortable you are in your body, your ability to be in your body is what is going to have me be attracted. So before you've even said anything, I'm already feeling you. I'm already feeling your presence. I'm already feeling a lot. And when we did in-person workshops, you know, back in the day for Authentic Man program and everything, we would do exercises around this of just the silent approach. He just approaches two women and we give him feedback on how he's being perceived before he ever opened his mouth. And regularly men's minds were blown at how much we could feel in his presence, just him showing up, being in the room. And that's something that I think, you know, to your point about just move over there, just move over there. I've been really flattered because several of our clients have said something like, yeah, I heard your voice in my head of like, just move, just move. And then they did. And I was really proud of that because I love our clients. I love all the men that we work with. And it feels good that I'm like, yeah, having a healthy mentor in your head is a pretty good thing to have right. because they care about you. And, um, but I remember this one man saying, yeah, I was at a brewery or like an out big outdoor beer fest type thing. And I saw a woman across the tent and we caught eyes and she smiled a little bit and I went over and I said, boom, that's the move because that was a handkerchief. You caught mm-hmm. eyes and and when he said it, I could feel that he, you know, breathed, right? He was yeah. he he allowed himself to hold eye contact. And that right there, I got to tell you guys, to me is attractive. A man who's willing to hold my gaze is attractive because there's a certain level of presence and awareness and capacity mm-hmm. required to be able to do that. If you're so nervous or anxious about connecting with other human beings that you can't hold their gaze, yeah. there's something going on. So it already indicates a certain level of development. Totally. He went over, they talked, they ended up dating for, I think, months, if not over a year. And that initial moment was, yes, you know, caught eyes, went over. And it was the same for me. One of the first men I ever slept with was um, from Chile and I was at a club on Oahu and same thing. Like we caught eyes across the room. I thought he was cute and we held eye gaze like for a little while, not a long while, just a little while. And then I like lost sight of him in the crowd. And a few seconds later he showed up next to me. Like he had weaved his way through the crowd and came and stood next to me. And like Mm -hmm. you said, put his attention on me. And I was like, Oh, pitter patter, like my little heart, (laughs) you know, and there's something about this, this idea of striking while the iron is hot that yes. I, I just want to bring into this conversation because I have noticed multiple times this has happened where I have been interested in a man. I've dropped some handkerchiefs. He hasn't picked them up. I've dropped a few more. He hasn't picked them up. And then I sort of, I throw up my hands. I'm like, listen, yeah. I'm doing my part. I don't see you coming towards me. And now I'm less interested. So even if you were to come towards me within in a few days or after you've thought about it or whatever the <laughs> fuck, I'm less interested because totally. that that drive is such a turn on, right? You're you coming towards me, that drive, that following the energy, you know, that willingness to to go places, to be bold, to be directed, like that is hot. Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of men miss is they think they have to I think we have a lot of weird body image stuff in our culture for everyone, honestly, and I think it's frankly getting worse. But I can't stress enough how much 
your consciousness as a man, your level of development is what is attractive about you. So it's not necessarily how much money you make or what car you drive or all of the trappings. Yes, for certain people, that's going to matter for sure. Yeah. There is a population of people, but for conscious women or women that are, you know, emotionally developed, it's you, it's your essence, it's mm-hmm. your drive, it's your boldness, it's your willingness to, to be, to move forward. That's yeah. hot. And your willingness to be vulnerable, like you've mentioned several times, that that is like your consciousness is what's attractive. So that move that you make towards me is part of what makes you attractive. In other words, I can't give you an issued invitation first because I need that move to feel my attraction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think that's such a key um, piece there, too. I, I, I like this metaphor of, you know, we've been talking about handkerchiefs and I said openings is one way to think about is, is there's like an open window sometimes. And it's super important to know guys, when we say strike while the iron hot, the window does not always stay open forever. Um, you know, a a, a lot of women, particularly who have more of a feminine orientation, like their energy is constantly changing and part of, right. Part of what makes the feminine attractive for, for the masculine part of all of us, right. Is, is their energy their responsiveness, their ability to open and flow and and whatnot. And part of what makes us attractive to, you know, the masculine attractive to the feminine is our consciousness, which a big part of that is being able to notice our feminine partner opening or closing. Mm -hmm. So if, if the window opens and there's some signals and some openings and you don't notice that and take action on that, that's already feedback for her about you, mm-hmm. right? He's not noticing I'm sending these signals. And if he's not noticing I'm sending these signals and taking action, what else is he, isn't he going to notice mm-hmm. when we're in relationship mm-hmm. together, right? Mm-hmm. And so it is really important to know that, yeah, just because she likes you one minute, it doesn't actually mean she's going to like you 20 minutes from now if if you're not following through, so to speak, and, and taking that. And maybe she doesn't even like you in the end, but... You'll never know until you until you make the move over there and take that action and really kind of initiate. Yeah. And I do think that there is something about that, you know, is he, if if he's not able to show up here, where else is he not going to be able to show up? And I, I kind of want to repeat what I said earlier, which is I have definitely on multiple occasions felt like if you can't come towards me now, you're not going to be able to fuck me. Totally. You're, you're, you're going to be timid. You're not going to be able to like push me up against a wall or be, be, you know, dominant in some way. And I'm not talking about BDSM, you know, hardcore. Yeah. I'm just talking about, I want to feel taken. I want to mm-hmm. feel desired. I want to feel held. And if you're waiting for me all the time, I don't feel that. If you're waiting for me all the time, I'm in my masculine. Yep. I'm I'm leading. I'm the one driving things forward. I don't want to be the one driving things forward all the time. I don't mind doing that sometimes, but I want to feel like that capacity is in you and you are able to do that. And in my experience as a, a as an American woman who has lived abroad extensively, this this what we're talking about is she, is she interested? How do I tell if she's interested? You know, what do I do about it? I think there's something quite harsh about our culture. I think American culture, possibly North American, possibly Canada as well. I've never lived mm-hmm. in Canada, but there's something extra harsh about this culture for men. I really think there's just something about there's a fear of getting it wrong. There's a fear of being called a creep or mm-hmm. a pervert. There's a, there's a real visceral terror that a lot of men in our culture hold around being, you know, 
seen as a pervert or seen as a pig or seen as just wanting sex or seen as that somehow you'll be bad or shamed or denigrated for going after sex or going after dating or like going after it. Whereas my experience in other cultures, I've lived in Argentina, Costa Rica, France, Spain, UK, many other places around the world, Turks and Caicos Islands, Caribbean. It's, it's less, I have felt more desired there. I have felt more pursued there. I have felt like there's more permission given to men to pursue and to be straightforward about it and it has been noticeable and frankly kind of a relief now there there's a cost to that right many of those cultures there's sort of a macho culture in in Mm -hmm. some of those places and it's not like rainbows and unicorns i don't want to say that i guess i just want to affirm or validate if you are a man listening to this and you have that fear you have that I don't want to be, I don't want to make her uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't want to make her uncomfortable. It's my worst nightmare. What if she doesn't want me to come forward? What if I transgress? What if I cause harm by asking her out, for example? Mm -hmm. And what I want to say about that is I have never felt uncomfortable with a man asking me out. I have felt uncomfortable with a man not taking no for an answer. That is when I have felt uncomfortable. I've never been uncomfortable with a man shooting his shot. Like, do your thing. I actually respect that. I admire it. I have gone on multiple dates with men I was pretty sure I wasn't going to end up with because I was like, wow, you were really direct. You asked me out. You said, Mm -hmm. I would like to take you on a date. And I was like, you know what? Yes. (laughs) I really, really admire you for how you just straight up did that. And like, yes, I'm willing to follow your lead. I am willing to go on a date. I don't know if it'll last in the future, but I just have so much respect for that. I have so much I honor men's courage in that. And I just wanted to bring that up because I think it can be really helpful to travel for lots of reasons, but that's one of them mm-hmm. is just experiencing other places where the cultural vibe is different and so there different. is more permission. And so much of attraction and dating is animalistic, meaning we are animals. We are social animals. We have a really big brain. We have got lots of language, but at the end of the day, when I look back at men where I was giving them signals and they were picking them up, most of them were nonverbal. Most yeah. of them were nonverbal, right? Like I approached a guy on the dance floor and he noticed that I was approaching him and he responded and we got together. And then we had a conversation after the dance or whatever it was, but it was more physical on a physical level. You know, I, was, I think you might remember this from back in the day, but something I've noticed about, I don't really like the term escalation because I think it's kind of creepy, but when you're, when you're moving things forward on a date or something like that, my experience is that a lot of men are really uncomfortable in their bodies. They are Mm -hmm. tense. They're anxious. They're tight. They don't realize that necessarily. They know, they, they might be aware that they're in their head and have a sense that they're in their head, but they don't have a sense of how tight they are in their bodies. And the men that I've experienced that are more comfortable in their bodies, that are looser in their bodies, that are more present and engaged in their bodies, mm-hmm. they do a lot more what I call bridge moves of like, they'll put their hand on the small of my back yeah. or they'll, you know, they're, they're kind of testing the water in a physical way. Yeah. And they're seeing like, does she respond? Does she leaning into me? Does she move away? They're, they're feeling me out in totally. a physical way that I notice a lot of men don't do. Yep. And I'm curious, you know, in your journey of sort of, being a bit more tight and rigid and and tense to not being 
what did you notice? How did you get there? What did you do? Like, was that journey like for you? All the works. <laughs> I mean, the therapies and getting into body and doing plant medicines and uh, men's groups. And I'm mean, just all of it, just getting more comfortable in my skin and um, doing somatic work of, of all kinds. Like it just started, you know, the more relaxed in your body, the easier it's all going to go. And to get relaxed in your body takes some work, right? It takes some work for us guys to learn how to unwind and be comfortable and, um, you know, to not be afraid, right? I think that that's like a real thing of like, there's a feeling that we're going to die if we get rejected or if we misread a woman like that, like we did something really wrong and, you know, having moved through that a couple of times and realizing, oh no, that, that doesn't like, it doesn't really happen that way generally, particularly for, you know, if you're listening to a podcast like this, it's probably not going to happen to you because you have a certain type of awareness and sensitivity in you that is going to stop you from being the guy who, mm. who doesn't listen to no. Right. Again, what that's about is a, a man who's cut off from his heart and his consciousness isn't going to be noticing, mm. is she open or closed to me right now? And we'll just keep moving. Mm. That's what they don't want. Mm. That's when it's scary. That's when it's dangerous. But your ability to notice, is she opening or closing right now? That's what's going to prevent it mm -hmm. from being scary or dangerous. Mm -hmm. Right. You, 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 maybe you're on a date and you lean in for a kiss and she's not ready or she's not feeling it. And it's clear. Mm -hmm. And then you back up and you're like, okay, you know, there's a little sting. It hurts a little bit, but you don't have to collapse around. It. It's like, I, I went for it and yeah, it's not aligned right now. That That's okay. It's yeah. just not a fit. You didn't do anything wrong. There's yeah. nothing wrong with your sexuality. There's nothing wrong with your desire. Sometimes it's just not a fit in the moment. Sometimes just not a fit yeah. in general that you're discovering with each other. Um, but right that's not the problem. The problem is if you kept going. Mm -hmm. The problem is if you kept going. Yes. I'm going to give a few examples of this because I think it's going to be useful. I went on a date. We had been on, it was an online date type thing. And we'd been messaging for, you know, fucking forever. Cause that's sort of how it goes. Finally got together, had a meal towards the end of the meal. He asked me something like, I think this is going really well. How, like, how's it going for you or something? And I said, um, I'm having a really good time and I pro I'm not going to be going out with you again. Something pretty clear and direct and, you know, uh, explicit of like, mm -hmm. this is great. I've enjoyed getting to know you and I'm not open to another yeah. date. And he was pretty sh surprised. And I went to the bathroom. We, it was walking distance from my apartment. So he walked me home. And when he walked me home, he tried to kiss me. Mm. And that, was really fucking annoying. Like yeah. I've already explicitly told you with my words and my body language, I'm not open to this and you still tried. That totally. feels really bad. Another example, um, this one's kind of rapey trigger warning, but I went out with a guy or sorry, I met a guy at a bar and I said, um, we like connected for like an hour. I thought he was really cute. It was really fun. And I said, um, I would love to take you home just so you know, I'm only cool with like waist up tonight. Like I don't really want my pants to come off. I'm like not open to anything past that, but I would love to make out with you and like, you know, have you spend the night. How does that sound? He was like, it sounds great. That's awesome. Yeah. Really great. So we get back to my place. We make out for a while. It's fine. And then I fall asleep. And when I wake up, I wake up to the smell of latex and he has pulled out a condom and he's getting ready to fuck me. And I'm, pissed but i'm also terrified yeah. so i'm like oh my god thank god i live in a house with housemates thank god i like 
I remember the feeling of ice water down my spine, like, holy shit. Mm -hmm. I told you what my boundaries were and you don't give a fuck about it. And I, it was such a weird experience. I, I don't remember all the details, but I remember saying, I'm not ready. I said the words, I'm not ready because I felt like that was the safest way mm-hmm. when what I really wanted to say was get out of my house, totally. get out of my house. And I was so scared if I said get out of my house that it would piss him off and that he'd get even more aggressive, et cetera. And so um, I can't remember how I phrased it, but I was like, I'd really be more comfortable if you left. And he was like, no, please don't kick me out. I'll sleep at the foot of the bed. Like it got really weird. And I was like, no, yeah, now I'm really uncomfortable. Yeah, no, it's too <laughs> like, late, really, buddy. this is like way past yeah. it. But in both of those uh, experiences, I said, here's my boundary. Mm-hmm. And they didn't respect it. That's creepy. Yes. That's not okay. But the rest of it was totally fine. I don't mind if men are, you know, clear and direct. And to be honest, I actually prefer that because I would prefer, I'd say one of the scariest moments for me as a woman is saying no to a man. That's a really scary moment. I don't know how you're going to react. I don't know if you're going to want to hurt me or punish me or, you know, and if I don't, if I don't know where you're coming from, I don't know, like, are you actually asking me out or Mm -hmm. like what, you know, what are we doing? That's also stressful. So I'd actually rather, like, I remember when I was an actor in LA or sorry, in New York city, uh, a casting director asked me out once and it was okay. Given the context, he didn't have authority. This wasn't an authority Mm -hmm. thing we'd met socially. And, um, he said, I know we've been friends and I'm interested in asking you out. How would that be? And I said, actually, I would prefer that we stay friends. And I remember him just saying like, okay, that's no problem. Thanks for letting me know. Mm-hmm. And then it wasn't a problem and totally. we just moved on. But that was such a, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, is he going to, is he going to be okay? Like, is he going to be okay? Is he going to be okay with me? Are we still going to actually be able to be friends? Is it going to be horrible? And it wasn't horrible. It was fine. Yeah. He shot his shot. I said no. And he moved on. Totally. And that is the dream. Like to me, that's like, that's great. You know, that's, that's exactly how it's supposed to be. And I've had similar circumstances of kind of like feeling a guy out. Right. I've never actually said, do you like me? I like you. I want to take you yeah, out. Yeah. Like I want to go out with you, but I've had multiple men I'm thinking of where I've sort of like, you know, dropped handkerchiefs and made myself available in like pretty explicit ways and kind of like gotten the no of like the no eye contact, not mm-hmm. responding, not walking me to my door. And then I've, I've stopped. Yep. Because to me, I'm like, that's the, that's, that's the equivalent. That's the no. Totally. It doesn't always have to be explicit. It can be implicit, but there's a sense of like, I did move towards him. I did try. And then mm-hmm. I got rejected, quote unquote rejected, but I stayed in connection. I was like, okay, yeah. we can still spend time together. We have lots of mutual friends. I accept that you don't want to fuck me. Mm-hmm. I accept that you don't want to fuck me and it doesn't mean I'm worthless or valueless or a bad person or yeah. shameful for wanting you. Like I'm still me. I'm still okay. That stings a little, but it's going to be all right. And I think that's one of those, you know, to your point about the fear, the terror of what if I try and I'm, and I'm turned down that, that fear can be overwhelming. It can mm-hmm. feel like, well, then I might die. And that's not necessarily conscious, but I do think that personal growth work helps with confidence in general yeah. or not necessarily confidence, but the willingness to be courageous yeah. and know that I will survive. I can handle these I parts. I can handle this. Totally. Like I'm still going to be 
myself. I'm still going to be loved. And that's really hard to do if you're isolated. If you feel all alone in the world and you feel really isolated, a lot of this stuff is harder. Super. Something I've been really appreciative of in, in our community with the men that we work with is it feels like just being connected to other men who are also growing. There's something about that that's generative. There's something about that that's helpful in terms of willingness to take risks. Like I know mm-hmm. I've got my men behind me. I know I've got this group that cares about me. So I'm more willing to take risks, which is kind of the whole point of healthy attachment. Healthy attachment is I've got a parent that cares about me and has my back. Therefore I can go into I the world. Take and take, risk. Yes. I can yep. go and take risks. I can try different things because if I get knocked down, there's this safe place that I can come yeah. back to. Yeah. You can explore and you have that safety net and a little bit of that resiliency that absolutely happens. We see it, you know, I was just talking to a guy this week who, took the initiative and it like asked someone out for the first time and it was great. And then she just found out, you know, uh, she saw her ex and was like, I'm not ready, you know, da, da, da. and that hurt, it hurt him, but he had somewhere to land and, um, that helped. Mm-hmm. And, and he had people to remind him too, like, don't forget the celebration in there. Mm-hmm. Like you, you asked someone out and went on like your first date. Like that's, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, you know, you don't want to lose sight of that just because the, the follow up to that didn't happen. And I think that's one of the great things we can get from a group is just the, there's just a real camaraderie I see when guys do put themselves out there and then they have somewhere to share about mm-hmm. it and land on the other side. It's like, oh, I'm okay. My guy's got me and mm-hmm. and they believe it's going to happen for me. Mm-hmm. So maybe I should believe it's going to happen for me too. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that does work mm-hmm. over time and it creates that kind of um, resiliency in that whether it's our voices or the, the voices of the men in the kind of group, like there's an anchor of oh yeah, I can do this. And all I have to do is, is move. You know, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and, and yeah, just, just to note, you know, like the other piece of what she said, like, you know, it's the, it's the not honoring the agreements or, or boundaries or no's or closures. That's the scary thing. It's not the initial move mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but to also note, the other thing was that, oh yeah, I've been opening myself and been dropping handkerchiefs to this man and he hasn't responded. So he must not like me. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Just to note, guys, if you're not taking any action, you may like her, but she may still have that experience. So that's why we say you got, you got to, when the opening is there, you got to make the movement so that there's that reciprocity and that cycle continues. Cause you know, I'm someone who maybe I did really like them, but I was just terrified, but their experiences, I'm not saying that I really like you, but I'm terrified. I'm just holding it all in and not taking any action. So how do they interpret that? Mm-hmm. Oh, he doesn't like me. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like me. And then that window closes. Mm-hmm. And then later on, I'm like, oh my God, I totally missed that. I should have did it. And then maybe I'll try to ask her something. And it's too late. It's just mm-hmm. the energy has moved. The mm-hmm. energy has moved. And that can be a tough thing sometimes to wrestle with it as us guys. And that can be true even on a date. I remember I went on a date with a guy. We had, I think we had gone on, we had gone on one first date. This is our second date. And it was like a barbecue with a bunch of my friends. I think I had invited him to one of my friends' barbecues. And <laughs> I'd only found about out this, I only found out about this after, but he, about midway through the barbecue, I was doing something and he came over, he put his hand on my back. He like was really present with me, he put his attention on me. I felt wanted, I felt desired. And there was like a moment, we had like kind of a moment. And I actually was the one to kiss him first in that moment. There was like, I was like, oh, this feels like right. And later, and to be honest, I I had been feeling a little bit like, 
he was holding back. It felt, mm-hmm. it felt like he was holding back and he was sort of spending time with other people. And that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But I, I didn't really feel him coming yeah. towards me. And later I found out that he had been talking to one of my women friends and she was like, dude, you got to go over there. You got to like go get her. You know, like I know you're on a date and everything, but like you got to make a move. Like you got to make a move. Mm -hmm. And it was so funny because I ended up dating that guy for several months. And I look back on that second date and I think that was a choice point. Like if he hadn't come to get me, I I don't know what would have happened. I think I would have felt a little bit like a little rejected. Actually, I would have felt a little rejected. Like, oh, I guess I'm not pretty enough or I'm not you know, he's not interested enough or he doesn't really like me because if he did, wouldn't he come over? Spend time with me. Wouldn't he come move towards me? Not necessarily. Like you're pointing out, sometimes the man is just scared or whatever it is, but it's important to know that sometimes that's the difference between her saying yes or not for like a while. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like those initial moments matter. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of our recent clients has had tremendous success just moving towards, right? He's gone to meetups. He's met new mm-hmm. people, put himself in new environments, taken some risks and just said, Hey, I'm interested in getting to know you more. Can I get your number? Which is new for him. And women have said, yes, like it's, it, you don't need to be perfect at any of this. I guess is just what I want to stress is yes, it's a, it's a, um, it's a process getting into your body. It can take mm-hmm. a long time to actually fully become embodied and you don't have to wait for everything to be perfect. Yeah. You can Start doing this now. And you'll learn so much more the sooner you start taking action. Good, you know, positive results or not. Like you're going to learn more about yourself and build up that muscle of, oh, I'm okay. Like Mm -hmm. I I didn't die. She didn't, you know, scream at me or something. It was just like, it wasn't a fit. Um, There's there's one last thing I just want to mention, because I know this, particularly for some of the guys that I was talking to that initiated this conversation, the most challenging place to be able to answer the question, you know, is she interested is anytime there are like roles involved. So I just want to name, it is way harder when it's a barista, a bartender, someone you work with and that part of their position or job or role is a certain level of friendliness. It can be really hard to suss out like Mm -hmm. when there's interest there and just know that that, that is like the Jedi level. Because that's just super hard because sometimes they are just doing their jobs, which is about being friendly and warm and inclusive and engaging people. doesn't mean that they're not interested in you just as human beings, but they might not be romantically interested in you. Um, And anytime there's a power differential with work or something, there's so much sensitivity around that these days that it's really hard to figure that out. And, you know, I think what you named the example of the casting director is a, a good example of just... You can still find out. Sometimes you just need to go a little farther in terms of framing that like, hey, I understand we have this other shared context and I totally respect that and I don't want to change that. And I do have a curiosity here. You know, I, I would I would be interested in taking you out. Is, is there any energy there for you in that? And then you'll get a yes or no, you know, like, but sometimes you need to preface it a little bit extra and it's just going to be really hard mm-hmm. in those situations, any of those situations to, to kind of figure out, is that friendliness from my mm-hmm. server or, or really any kind of um, 
context where you're meeting and one of you is technically working in some capacity mm-hmm. and one isn't, that's, that's just the hardest place to discover this stuff. That's such a good point. I actually remember going out to dinner and my server was really cute. And I actually left my number on the check and said, Hey, I'm, I think you're cute. If you think I'm cute to text me, he never did. Mm-hmm. So he was either taken or not interested, which is fine. Yeah. But I think it, it, can be helpful to kind of say, here's my number. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> then, yeah totally. You know, if they're interested, they'll contact yeah. you. I think that's, I've had a few men do that. I thought that was nice of like, I recognize that you might not want to give me your number. So here's my number. I'm interested in you. If you're interested in me, text me. And that, yeah. you know, I think is, is specific to circumstances where you're not necessarily going to see them all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I went to dinner in West Hollywood. I wasn't going to be yeah. going back there or anything but it was you know a way of saying i'm into you if you're into me too you know get in touch and it allows them to make the choice totally and and then there's also just feeling into you know um what's going to be most respectful of whatever container we currently have you know i I am thinking of two of our clients one of whom you know was taking tennis lessons from someone and, and was interested, but was also like getting tennis lessons. And that was going to continue for a little while in another who was taking dance lessons from Mm -hmm. someone and like was definitely feeling some energy and some connection, but also had like paid for a package of, you know, I don't know, a 10 week course or something like that. And I remember, I think for that, the, the latter guy, he actually decided to wait. Mm -hmm. He decided to wait until that, you know, professional relationship had kind of come to a, a natural conclusion. And then mm-hmm. he presenced it, which I think was a, a skillful move in some ways. I think so too. Uh, I think that's respectful, especially given how scary it is for us, for women, mm-hmm. when, because I don't know how you're going to respond when I say no. If, or if I say no, yeah. that's the scariest moment is, are you going to turn into a different person? Because for most people, most human beings, the feeling of being rejected is one of the hardest feelings in the world. Yes. And so how you act when you feel rejected is, is volatile, right? You might be a totally nice person. And as soon as you feel rejected, you change. And I don't know if that's going to be true. So that's very scary. I think ending that relationship, the professional relationship, you can still show up with your attraction, meaning you're embodied, you're enjoying the connection, you're, you're fully there. And and if you're doing that, I'm going to feel it. I'm going to notice, I'm going to know. And waiting until the end to me feels like a skillful move and a healthy, totally. healthy move. And I also know in, in a power dynamic situation, I know multiple people who were interested in someone at work with whom they were in a power, power dynamic, either, you know, manager or, um, subordinate. And I, there was actually a woman who was uh, a manager and she was interested in someone on the floor and she came to him and said, I would like to ask you out <laughs> and um, we can't go out if, if you know, but mm-hmm. if you transferred stores, there's a couple other stores I've already checked, da, da, da. She had it kind of like ready to go. And he said, yes, I would like to go out with you and transfer stores. <laughs> so I think that you can, if you're in a power dynamic, make some shifts happen. Yeah. And I know another person who was um, a paralegal at a law firm and at the end of the, and she was interested in someone, she was interested in one of the partners or someone higher up and she could kind of feel that he was interested too. And when they offered her a job at the end of the summer, she said no, because she was interested in that man. Yep. And, and it was the same day she turned down their offer letter and he got, went and found her in the parking lot and asked her out. 
because nice. they were both like, okay, we're, we're, not, go. we're not in this role anymore. So yeah. I do, I do think there's something healthy and responsible, acknowledging power dynamics, working totally. with power dynamics, and it doesn't have to be a stopping point, but there is something I think mature about that. So, yeah. So let's see any last things we want to share about figuring out if she's interested before we wrap. Get in your body, look for the openings and move. That'd be all I'd say. Take, take that vulnerable risk. Yes. Be willing to take risks and get support because it will help you in taking risks. So if you are interested in our work, we mentioned coaching on this episode a few times, you can go to evolutionary.men slash training and take our free training, which goes a little bit deeper than the podcast if you're interested in that. Um, otherwise, I think that's a wrap. I think that's a wrap.